welcome to this month's www.ianalbanetti.com podcast. In this month's podcast, we'll be discussing Karate Jitsu and Karate Do. Welcome to what will be the last podcast of 2007. Um, so before we get into the, the meat of this month's podcast, I'd like to thank you for your support in 2007 and for uh, regularly listening in. And I'd also like to take this opportunity to wish you uh, a Merry uh, Christmas. Um, the Abernethy household is well into the Christmas spirit. The tree's up far, far too big for our living room. <laughs> um, and the three children that I have, um, ages four, six, four and two. So you can imagine how excited they're getting at uh, Santa's uh, imminent arrival. Um, probably not as excited as the dad, it has to be said, you know, but um, yeah, they are getting quite hyper and busy counting the, the days off in the number of sleeps left, you know. So, uh, yeah, I love this time of year, me. It really brings out the big kid in me. Um, so anyway, yeah, so I hope you have a great time and um, without further ado, let's get into the, the bulk of this month's podcast where we'll be discussing the concepts of Jitsu and Do. In this month's podcast, I'd like to briefly discuss the concept of Jitsu and Do. Uh, the meaning of the word jitsu is science or method or technique and in martial arts ter the term jitsu is most often used in reference to the techniques and strategies used in real combat. Uh, the word do means the way and in martial arts terms the suffix do is generally used to infer that the focus of training is predominantly on the development of the practitioner's character. Hence karate jitsu could be thought of as the application of karate in real situations and karate do would be the practice of karate in order to develop the character and health of its participants. In recent times the term karate do has become associated with ineffective karate that makes little or no attempt to train in a realistic way or utilize the combative methods recorded within the karate kata. In fact practitioners of karate do are now sometimes belittled as deluded individuals practicing an ineffective children's art. On the other side of things, the, um, the, those who tag themselves as practitioners of uh, karate jitsu are often viewed as dangerous psychotics who revel in violence and are base individuals and capable of appreciating the higher aspects of the, uh, the martial arts. I find this trend uh, a bit worrying as I believe that both views are extremely limited and damaging to karate as a whole. It is my view that true karate should be both jitsu and do and I believe that the two approaches are, are nowhere mutually exclusive and do in fact depend upon each other. Practicing just the combative aspects of karate, the, the jitsu side, would mean that we are only concerned with the development of effective fighters and that we care little about the characters of those we would train. Um, so would it be okay to teach fighting skills to an individual who has a violent nature? Um, would it also be okay to foster those violent uh, attitudes if it meant the individual being a more effective fighter? Uh, what if that individual used their fighting skills on the weak, the elderly or their spouse? Um, or in the pursuit of c crimes, you know, like mugging, rape or murder? Uh, would that be okay because they practice jitsu and hence we're only concerned with the winning of fights, whoever they're against and whatever the cause? If the only concern of jitsu is to win fights, then surely using karate for criminal acts is perfectly okay so long as you win. Now, to my mind, and I would suggest the mind of any decent human being, it's obviously not okay for karate to be used in this way. In the book The Heart of Karate Do, Agami wrote, Karate jitsu must be regarded as nothing more than a technique for homicide. And that, most emphatically, is not the objective of Karate Do. 
I agree that the objective of martial training should not be to produce skilled murderers, but does that mean that martial arts need to be neutered to the point where the martial artist is incapable of harming others? No, I don't think so. To me, the difference is uh, one of training intent and the development of moral character. From the earliest records we have, the enhancement of moral character of a student has always been a key part of karate. Um, for example, if we take a look at the Babishi, and some good translations out there by uh, Pat McCarthy and, and George Alexander, and I recommend you check out uh, both of those. Um, now, there's a lot of instruction in there on how to incapacitate an opponent in combat, uh, but there's also a great deal of instruction on etiquette and the correct uh, behaviour that should be exhibited uh, by a martial artist. Um, so what about a pure do approach? I mean, this would suggest that we're no longer concerned with how effective a fighter we are, and that's a very dubious position for any martial artist to take. You'd now be only concerned with uh, the bettering yourself as an individual. But how is that to be achieved? I mean, uh, by the repeated practice of solo kata, by entering tournaments, by passing your gradings, uh, by engaging in pseudo-religious practices? Um, it's worth remembering that Itosu, whose changes gave birth to uh, modern karate, used the very first line of his ten precepts to state that karate had nothing to do with Buddhism or Confucianism. Uh, now, to my thinking, choice of religion is a personal matter, and I'm opposed to the bundling of uh, religion with martial arts. Uh, anyway, back on track. I I'm sure we all know plenty of people who have done all of the things we've just mentioned, but still aren't kind or strong human beings. Uh, to truly better yourself, I believe that we need to be aware of our weaknesses, and then we need to work to eradicate those weaknesses. I remain unconvinced that turning up at the club twice a week, learning a few physical moves, working up a sweat, a bit of pseudo-religious practice, and then going home will in any way bring these weaknesses to the surface. Uh, so what will? In the book Karate Beginner to Black Belt, um, Henry Plee, who was one of the pioneers of karate in Europe, he wrote, one must not lose sight of the fact that karate is all in fighting. Everything is allowed. This is why karate is based on blows delivered with the hand, the foot, the head or the knee. Equally permissible are strangulations, throwing techniques and locks. This is one of the fascinating things about karate. The sensation of mastery over effective techniques brings an inner peace and calm. Now the idea that realistic training can develop an individual is also echoed in uh, many of the writings of others. Uh, in Karate Do Numon, uh, uh, Gichin Funakoshi wrote, One whose spirit and mental strength has been strengthened by sparring with a never-say-die attitude should find no challenge too great to handle. One who has undergone long years of physical pain and mental agony to learn one punch, one kick, should be able to face any task, no matter how difficult, and carry it through to the end. A person like this can be said to have truly learned karate. So by engaging in arduous, austere and realistic training, our mental and physical weaknesses are forced to the surface. And from that position then we can obviously confront them. Now if you can overcome the fear generated by hard sparring, then you should be able to override that exact same emotion when it prevents you from pursuing your goals. If you've got the discipline to endure the demands of training, then you should also be able to endure difficult times in your life outside the dojo. If you're able to keep control of your temper during sparring, then you should be able to control any potential outbursts that could also harm your relationships with others. If you can face the most feared opponent in the dojo, then you should be able to stand up for yourself and others in the event of an injustice. However, if training is not stressful enough, it is unlikely to stimulate any developments in character, simply because your character is unlikely to be tested to any sufficient degree. To my mind, Jitsu and Do are inextricably linked, and in true martial arts, they cannot be separated. 
Jigoro Kano, who was the founder of judo, was perhaps the greatest champion of the Do side of the arts, and his thinking had a great influence on the development of karate. Uh, Kano was of the view that the skilled jiu-jitsu practitioners that predated him would have also um, explained the Do side of the arts. Um, he also once wrote, in the past, the techniques of judo were orientated towards martial arts. The Kodokan judo of today incorporates both the martial arts and physical education. Naturally, with its additional role to play in the advancement of physical education, concerns may be raised that judo is less effective now than in the past, when it was practiced solely as a martial art, but this is not the case. Precisely because it is practiced as a martial art and physical education, its true power as a martial art can be exercised. Now that quote's from the book uh, Mind Over Muscle, which is a collection of writings by Kano, and it's well worth reading. Um, and from there, Kano goes on to explain that practicing technique is not enough. Without improvement in physical condition, the martial artists will be incapable of delivering their techniques in actual combat. And I think that's a very valid point. Uh, techniques and tricks are simply not enough on their own. The martial artist needs to be physically and mentally conditioned. Uh, the unfit, the overweight, the physically weak martial artist will not be able to cut it regardless of technical skill in the high-stress world of real combat. Now, Kano said there was three levels of judo, and I think this applies to all martial arts, really. But he said there was lower-level judo, which was judo as an effective combat art. Uh, there was middle-level judo, which was the cultivation of mind and body, controlling your emotions and the development of courage. And then there was upper-level judo, which is making use of the mental and physical attributes developed at the lower and middle levels, and then using them to positively contribute to society. Um, so we can see from this that Kano uh, views being effective in combat as a key part of his Do approach. Uh, jitsu is a part of his Do. Uh, Kano's Judo placed a high emphasis on live training and he's a, a great deal more pragmatic than some perhaps give him credit for. Uh, for example, he did express concerns that people had forgotten that Randori was there to represent a live fight and he felt that people were now beginning to ignore the possibility that they may be struck. Of course, striking um, not being allowed in uh, judo randori training. Um, now, Uzuka um, also discussed uh, the concepts of jitsu and do in his book Wadaru Karate. Now, he concluded, in a similar vein to Kano, that the technique and mind were linked and cannot be separated in practice. Um, effective martial arts require both a conditioned mind and technical skill. Um, and Uzuka expresses the view that Jitsu and Do are part of a unified whole. He therefore also states that one could either use Jitsu or Do as a suffix to karate. And personally, I agree with Uzuka. However, I do understand that these days many wish to differentiate what they do from the hollow Do. And by hollow Do, I mean the Do which contains no combat development. Um, and obviously, you know, people use um, the term Jitsu as a suffix to separate them from that, that kind of practice. And karate has become a huge coverall term for many different pursuits, many of which have absolutely nothing in common aside from the name karate. Um, so I understand why people want to use the term jitsu in that way. Now, for my part, I'm happy to use either jitsu or do or none of them. In fact, if you're familiar with my writing, I regularly you know, interchange those terms. Um, but I do feel the need to use a prefix like applied, practical or, or jisun um, to ensure that people understand what areas my teaching and training uh, emphasize. Now, I see Jitsu as being the vital seed which can give birth to Do. Uh, realistic training, which many would class as Jitsu, will force your weaknesses to the surface. Uh, you then have the opportunity to overcome those weaknesses such that you will not only be a better fighter, but you know a better human being and you'll live a better life, and that would be Do. So Jitsu is the foundation upon which Do is built. 
Uh, to simply concern yourself with fighting and nothing else will prevent you from progressing to the higher levels of training. But to ignore jitsu and attempt to progress to do is a futile endeavour as you've no foundation on which to build. I mean, how can you progress beyond the combative aspects of training when you've never faced them? Uh, it's my belief that true karate is learning the jitsu to such a level that it progresses to become do. Um, now you could argue, why continue on to do if all you want are effective fighting skills? Now obviously that's a decision for the individual to make, but I do think that do will enhance jitsu, such that you can reach the higher levels of combative skill. And, and I mean also, when I look at what I've learned through all the years in karate, I mean, is it the knowledge of the kicks, the punches, the locks, the chokes that's of most value to me? Or is it the friends that I've made, the confidence that I've acquired, uh, the greater day of uh, degree of control I have over potentially destructive emotions like um, uh, envy, anger and fear. Now what I have to say is the effect that karate has had on my character and my health that are of greater value to me than its fighting techniques. Although, you know, I, I do think it's very important that the martial artist is also capable in combat. Um, so for me, I think we'd be wise to avoid the jitsu versus door bait and the attempts at classification that it encourages. Uh, true martial artists will be both jitsu and do. We should certainly practice and apply the art practically uh, and, it's, and in its entirety such that we possess the skill needed to defend ourselves in real situations. Um, but we also need to endeavour to learn more about our strengths and weaknesses via the nature of true combative training. And then we can use that knowledge to develop ourselves as individuals and to better equip ourselves to, um, to help others and to help us pursue our dreams and lead the lives we want to live. So to my mind, true martial arts are jitsu and do. Uh, they should not only preserve life, they should also enhance it. So by preserve life, we develop uh, the combative skills so that if anyone should try to harm us or the ones that we care about, then obviously we, can, uh, we have the true skills to, to stop anyone from, uh, from taking life away from us. And that's one way in which you can preserve life. Um, on the door side, it also preserves life by making us healthier, fitter, stronger. Um, you know, we'll live longer, we take good care of ourselves. And the fact that we're healthier will also, of course, enhance our lives. You know, you've more energy. And then, of course, because our characters are also developed, we become uh, more able to pursue our uh, uh, goals and dreams and, and, and better able to live our lives as we want to live it. So, again, just to reiterate, to me, true martial artists are jitsu and do. You cannot separate them in practice. Both from a combative point of view, you can't separate them. And both from a using the martial arts to develop our, uh, the quality of our lives, we also can't separate them. So to conclude, to, to fully embrace Jitsu and to make ourselves as effective as we possibly can, we need to develop both our minds and our bodies, not just the technique or the method. And to, uh, for the door side of the arts, we need something that's going to bring our weaknesses to the surface, and that would be real combative training. Don't play at the martial arts, do them properly and deeply. Uh, and the austere nature of the training naturally forces all your weaknesses to the surface. And to progress in the jitsu, then you have to face them. So, I mean, the same actions will lead to progress in jitsu and progress in do. Uh, they don't, they're not against one another. They should uh, run side by side. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed uh, this month's podcast. Uh, as always, all feedback is always uh, gratefully received. I uh, can be emailed at ian, I-A-I-N, at... Uh, Ian Abernethy, uh, the Abernethy spelled A-B-E-R-N-E-T-H-Y dot com. So that's Ian at IanAbernethy.com. Um, so yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this one. And I'll just take the opportunity again to thank you for the support of these uh, these podcasts. 
and all your support over 2007. Um, I hope you have a great Christmas, and I'll uh, be back with the next podcast in the new year. Thanks very much. Take care now. Bye-bye.